Colin had a problem and a microphone to spare. Thomas took it up and so the podcast went to air. For weeks and months they trolled through every single DVD. They've unwrapped all the ones they can and now they're cellulose free. Now they're cellulose free. Hello dear listener and welcome to Cellulose Free. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. What have you been up to? Uh, Well, last night I made myself a couple of vegan bacon muffins and that went that went reasonably well. I, I think my best run at it. Um, unfortunately, I've not not really uh, cracked the code of um, cracking eggs, <laughs> um, which is not surprising because I don't do it very often. Fair enough. Uh, and so I had to rescue a bit of shell from one of them afterwards. Oh, a bit of calcium yeah. there. Um, Would have been good for you. A new episode of Battle for Dream Island, The Power of Two, came out. Oh, really? Yeah, in which Tree becomes frustrated at a a team that doesn't seem to be particularly focused, Uh, which is nothing new. But that um, Tree was not killed off? No. Good. Tree fairly easily survived uh, the vote (laughs) this time around. And uh, isn't up for votes this time, and oh. probably won't be for some episodes. Oh, good. In, so, so when was that recorded? That was recorded <laughs> a couple of months back, I want to say. Okay. But also, it's been a year and a half since the last episode. Has so it been that long? It has. Wow. It has. How long is this episode? Uh, this episode is over half an hour long. Okay. Yeah, it's a long one. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to... Uh Track that down and watch it. In other media, mm-hmm. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Mandis has come out it, it on today. streaming. Yes. Uh, I've not seen it yet. No. Didn't have time because it dropped at 5pm and it's currently 7 and those films always always run over two hours now. Yeah. The Umbrella Academy Season 3 has also dropped Oh, good grief. Today. I've got some catching up then, yeah. haven't I? Because I haven't watched Season 2. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, it's one. Of, I have this nasty, nasty, and it, it's a great deal to do with my mental health. In that I can really, really love something, and then be terrified of continuing on with it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's this fear of something ending and, and me not wanting something to end, so I don't continue it. I, I don't know what it is, but TV shows and books and movie series and yeah chronic not completer well i i haven't watched season three but i recall that season two was good Mm -hmm. if that helps (laughs) oh i I do not doubt at all Mm. and and the eagerness built up when they announced that season two had been approved and and that things would keep going and then uh (laughs) the eagerness continued to increase uh, when they said it's on its way and then they announced the date and the date came and do you think I did anything with it? No, no, no. I don't think you did. I, I I feel like I'm hoarding stuff and with with fear of if I use it, I lose it, I, I guess. I, I, I don't know. 
I should say it did take me a bit to get into season one. Okay. Yeah. But oh, it didn't take me very long at all to get into no. season one, from recollection. That's but, my other problem. I'm probably going to have yeah. to watch it again. Yeah, uh, it, it, it did work out for me in the end. Good. In other other media, mm. there's a sport called hard enduro, which is people on motorbikes in very, very bad terrain, trying to get places very quickly. Uh-huh. Uh, and the the sort of Tour de France of Hard Enduro is the Erzberg Rodeo, which takes place in uh, an active iron mine in Austria. <laughs> when you say active, do, do you mean not that not active as, as they're, they're doing right, it? Okay. But, <laughs> but it is it is a, a working iron mine, uh-huh. and so uh, conditions change. Uh, sometimes quite drastically between events. Between events, right? Um, it's it's been three years since the last one because uh-huh. uh, COVID did things, and yeah, one thousand five hundred people with motorcycles come in and attempt to qualify. Mm-hmm. Five hundred of them then qualify and start off in ten rows of fifty, and they have four hours to get to the finish. And this year, eight. Eight made it to the finish right. in the four-hour time limit. Oh, okay. And how many died? Nobody died. That's a bonus. You, usually people don't die, but once those four hours are up, you can't finish the race, but you are still wherever you ended up being. Uh, there's a particular area of the Erzberg Radio called Carl's Dinner, which is just a big pile of boulders. Uh-huh. For several hundred meters in every direction, and if you're stuck in the middle of that when the four hours finish, uh, you still have to find your way out. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> and that was a good watch. Meanwhile, Fish Pond, yes. who I bought the Blu-ray box mm-hmm. set of yeah. the Free Flavors Cornetto trilogy from, are trying to get me to sell it on. <laughs> uh, for for up to. $18.16. In that they have an actual customer who's wanting it, or...? No, they or just, they just, they just to... sent me an email a few days ago saying, have you considered <laughs> <laughs> not having it anymore? That's bizarre. Yeah. And finally... Yes? I have discovered that the app list on this Lenovo Tab mm-hmm. M10 FHD Plus uses a blurred and stretched version of the background, the, the wallpaper on my tablet, instead of an actual blur filter. Good. Yeah. That, that's one for the record books. Yep, sure we, is. We sure all rem- I, in fact, I'll add it to the calendar <laughs> as the day that Thomas realised that the background to his app list is actually a blurred it's, it's, it's version. It's not... It's not good. It does not look good when you're sliding it about. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I, I should stress that Thomas very much insists on having his device in landscape mode. and Some apps yeah. just don't handle it. No, no. Um, it's, it's one thing that Android has well and truly dropped the ball. They, they are supposedly meant to be uh, very much concentrating on improving things with things in a landscape mode and be more importantly on tablets to have tablet versions that make more use of the 
the real estate. And then the, the, there are the apps that allow me to use split screen poorly. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. so uh, apart from that riveting news, anything yeah, else that, that you... I think that was everything. That was everything? Yeah. Right. Good. What about you? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the usual um, uh, giving up some of my vital essence to save the world through a hole in my arm. I had the same person who stabbed me last time, stabbed me this time. Uh, wasn't quite as uh, brutal as they were the last time they did it. But I've been doing a bit more walking, mm-hmm. losing a bit of weight, which is good. I've played a few games. You have? I've been playing um, uh, Everyone's Gone to the Rapture. Mm-hmm. Everyone or everybody? Uh, we it's uh, one of the two. One of those, yes. Uh, which, um, as far as I can tell, the laptop that you're playing on hasn't been handling particularly well on the frames end. No, no. I had to reduce it down to the bare minimum of of low, which, which is interesting because it's quite an old game. Mm. But it was out on the PlayStation, I think, first. And then the conversion possibly wasn't as satisfactory as, as it could have been. But even at its lowest graphical intensity, you get used to that, that frame rate thing happening. Interesting game, another walking type game mm-hmm. that, that did sort of suck me into looking behind every door and behind every tree and, and things like that. But it wasn't anywhere near as annoying as well, what became of Ethan... Ethan... <laughs> Keep on thinking Carter? Ethan Hawke. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ethan Carter. Uh, yeah. There, there wasn't that, that feeling of needing to, to look behind. Um, it was made by the same people who did Dear Esther uh, and, and very much had the same type of feel to that, but the map was a lot larger and the, the storyline was... In fact, there were two storylines going on and because it was an open world you sort of got snippets of what was going on in really quite a strange order but it actually worked very well whereas other ones that I've played not not so much so yeah it was good tackling that Um, I I wouldn't mind actually going in again and it's one of those games which does get to a conclusion without you having to have necessarily been to every single place and I suspect there are snippets of the story that I've missed. I confess that I didn't really keep track of the B story, or it could have been the A story. I don't know. But it, it was mm-hmm. it was satisfying, and, and I'd be interested to see uh, what I, I sort of mi- missed. Uh, so certainly mixed reviews as to... Uh, you either love it or hate it, mm-hmm. uh, and... And I can understand both. Even with the slow frame rate, my understanding is that it being a walking game, it's a very slow walk. I think my frame of mind was it was pretty good to tackle it. And they, the realisation of possibly what was going on and then having these things confirmed, it was, yeah, good. And what else? No, got nothing. Blood, walk, game. I think I shall leave it at that. There's probably other things I could think of, but we have a film to watch. 
We do. And it's a fairly long one, so, well, not as long as uh, a Marvel film. Yeah. But uh, long nonetheless. What are we watching today? We are watching iRobot. Oh, I haven't changed the uh, the file name for this either. Oh. So uh, I shall change the... <laughs> it'll probably be the simplest mm-hmm. and the most obvious of uh, file names to... Uh, six-letter <laughs> file names to come up with for iRobot. But that is what we're watching. How are you going to work that comma in I there? I do not know. I think comma is actually ava- available, so mm, we shall see. Thomas, would you tell our dear listener what the plot synopsis is for iRobot? Well, according to Disney+, Plus, uh, which it has ended up on probably through the Fox acquisition, yep. a technophobic detective teams up with a robot to thwart a revolution. That's somewhat shorter than last week's one. It is. I seem to recall uh, last week's one was uh, a bit of a novel. Yeah, streaming services are fond of their laconic descriptors. Yeah, but I think we can run with that. Yeah. So we are streaming it on uh, Disney+. Plus. So if you've got Disney+, and you want to watch it before you hear what we think of it, please go right ahead. But we're going to sit back, turn on the amplifier, and watch it in 5.1. 5. 5.1, 5. yeah. Yeah, we'll do it in 5.1. Uh, so we're going to press the button that says play... And we'll catch you on the flip side. Turn to side B. Side B is the one about not humming humans. Yes. I was going to say turn to side I. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You mongrel. I I can't remember which order the laws are in. I think they'll they'll probably say. Yeah. Let's watch this. Shut up. Be quiet. (laughs) No. (laughs) You shut up. No, you shut up. (laughs) Shut up. So what did you think? It's okay. The thing about this podcast is that whatever films we end up viewing, I do have to come to them with some amount of critical eye. Do you? Yeah. Why why do you have to do that? Well, we we (laughs) have to discuss the film. Oh, okay. On its merits. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. And it has some merits but in other places it's not good (laughs) (laughs) it's not good i'm sure you're going to expand on that yeah yeah hold on (laughs) juggling concepts Uh uh-huh yeah good so effects and um compositing (laughs) because those those are that's my second last note those are linked Hand in hand. Yep. If you do an effects shot, yep. even if it doesn't involve any real elements, it, it involves compositing. Yes. And in some places, this film is not well composited. Can I suggest a rewording of that? Uh-huh. In some places, it shows that it is 18 years old. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> right on the cusp of such things there's still perfecting merging of computer animation with compositing against live action 
and green screen and it certainly does show its age in places it does thomas is nodding it does very much show <laughs> yeah show which is interesting because when i first watched it many 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 years ago that did not stand out anywhere near as much as far as i can recall it was impressive at the time and i i think the critical eye was wowed much more than it certainly was this this time you you could see that they were trying hard but oh they definitely tried i i can see that they tried yeah they tried very hard yeah it just it's just not quite there no. is the problem no the uncanny valley as far as things not quite looking right it's not the uncanny valley of faces because the faces that they used as far as the robots were concerned were actually done very very well but they weren't trying to be skin tone perfect and so what i wrote was 2004 18 years old green screen composition so mm-hmm. uh, there, there were some some bits that I thought shouldn't have jarred as much. Simple, simple in quote marks scenes of inside a glass lift mm-hmm. and, and seeing uh, in the background things moving. You could tell they weren't in a lift. That, it jarred. Those buildings in the background are not realistically enough no. moving. No. No, there are also places where, I mean, it was only a few weeks back that we watched Blade Runner Mm -hmm. and those model effects and composition of model effects of sky lines, of city skylines and vehicles approaching via the sky still stood up a lot better than some of those similar shots in this film, which I suspect were predominantly computer animated, and it hasn't aged anywhere near as well as the fantastically intricate model effects that were done in Blade Runner. But it would have been done possibly a lot cheaper. (laughs) (laughs) The acting is... um here and there whose did you have the most problem with just out of interest i'm putting you on the spot here (laughs) will smith sticks out like a sore thumb he does doesn't he you want to love him but sometimes you can feel him trying to stretch more than he's actually capable of Mm. you watch films with starring the rock Mm -hmm. and he stays well within the confines of what he's capable of and and it works perfectly well oh yeah but there are so many things that Will Smith puts his hand up for, mm-hmm. saying, yeah, yeah, I can do that. But he just doesn't quite work in places. He's acting so hard, and mm-hmm. you can feel it, <laughs> rather than totally accepting him as being that character. For me, at least, I'm thinking, mm. this is Will Smith playing that character. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anything you can act, I can act louder. (laughs) Now, some of that can't be placed solely at Will Smith's feet. No. Uh, In parts, the script is not good. Vicky, right before Will Smith puts the nanites into her, says, my logic is undeniable, 
It's fine. Fine line. The one liner that Will Smith's character follows up with is, you have so got to die, which is not witty or interesting. It's just... It's just a line. It almost feels like Will Smith came up with that line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about we do this? And everyone's just nodding, okay, yes, we'll run with that. My very, very first note mm-hmm. was JVC, Converse, Audi. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. Was there any more product placement that springs to mind with you? Okay. Th- th- so those, those first two were in the first possibly one minute of the film, and the Audi came just a little bit after. Yeah. Audi, definitely a product placement. That was a car built by Audi specifically for the film. Yep. Converse... I'd probably say, yes, definitely a product placement. Oh, yeah, J- absolutely. JVC, a little iffy on, well, maybe. The problem is JVC is nowhere near as much a obvious company, uh, certainly in Australia. It did exist in Australia, and, and it does still, I think, but it was way below uh, on the radar as, as far as... Uh, branding was concerned, but I have to say that was definite product placement. Okay. Yeah. Sticking with the script, mm-hmm. there's a line in here that caused me to laugh out loud <laughs> yes. for like half a minute <laughs> that I think might be possibly that humour is a little misplaced with the tone of the scene. Maybe. I don't know. The robot punches through Will Smith's windscreen and says, you are experiencing a car accident. (laughs) In in a a perfectly friendly voice. Yeah. They're psycho robots. They are. um, And and he knows he's well and truly being picked on. Yeah. The robot had a tongue. The tongue Mm. would be firmly in their robotic cheeks. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes. You're experiencing a, a car accident. <laughs> uh, <No> really? <laughs> considering last week's movie, mm-hmm. which was a an F-bomb fest, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was interesting to have the contrast with this where Will Smith's character is constantly... Sorry, constantly. It happened a couple of times with the young character played by Cher LaBeouf. You know who else stuck out like a sore thumb? (laughs) Cher LaBeouf. Um, Stop cussing because you're not good at it. (laughs) Yes, that that is the reason. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I I like that. (laughs) Not because we're trying to keep the rating down or anything. (laughs) Just not, you're not good at it. You're not good at it. The car accident. Mm-hmm. Immediately after that, the note that I've written down here is Deus Ex Robot Arm. Were you expecting that? No. No. It was good. <laughs> and allowed a lot of pennies to drop as well. I have an issue with having some of the exposition through the opening credits of the underwater mm-hmm. scene. I don't think that was entirely necessary to happen there, but maybe it was. Uh, but as far as being wrenched out of that uh, car... It, <laughs> it's illustrating a recurring nightmare yeah, that true. is a trauma response. Yep, yep. 
but having that arm suddenly be revealed is an addition to that trauma and the conflict that he's having and you suddenly realize the connection between a lot of things happen at that point with the, the arm reveal the relationship with the doctor and on the other hand <laughs> it's <womb>. silly <laughs> <laughs> Like, whether it explains a bunch of things or not. Well, yeah, but it's necessary for the things later on that he's suddenly required to do that couldn't have been done with a normal human arm, so... That is my problem. It's Chekhov's arm. (laughs) But a robot arm is necessary, is... Irrelevant <laughs> that he has a robot arm at all is silly. Oh, oh well. <laughs> I did like mm-hmm. where Sonny is drawing mm-hmm. the image from his dreams, and the way that that was shot made him look very much like one of the mechanical automaton mm-hmm. drawing machines that you, you see in uh, Hugo. Mm. I'm quite certain that that was trying to oh, play yeah. on that, that imaging, yeah, yeah. not from the movie Hugo, which came many, no. many years later, but it is quite an iconic robot, as they were known then. So when did Hugo come out? 2011. Yeah, so many years after. But they were certainly well known, and in all the robot books, you will find a page on the drawing automata. One thing that I did like was the delivery of the new robots that were done gently placing them in front of their new owners and then grabbing the old ones and, and throwing them into the... And, and just a hint of despair yes. in those old robots. Yeah. For machines that supposedly had no emotions, they very much showed them at that point. Are you out of notes? The only thing that I've got uh, to mention, finally, was uh, about the composer. Mm-hmm. Shall I mention that? Sure, mention the composer. Uh, okay, uh, it was Marco Belgrano, whose name did not pop into my head at all. I'm not familiar with that name at all. But he has certainly been very, very prolific in writing soundtracks for a great variability from blockbusters to straight television type of deals and very much feels like a, a gun for hire if you can't get the top names, which is terribly unfair because he certainly has written for some big movies. I would consider this a big movie. I recognised one of the pieces of music. Right. Um, so there's a format invented in Belgium of reality TV show called The Mole, and is exported all over the place. Yes, I, I watched a couple of series of The Australian Mole. You probably watched the ones that were good of Australian yeah, Mole. Yeah, yes, yes. I, um, I stopped watching there, there, after. There were, there were reboots after that were not no. good. No, and, w- one famous for having an obvious reshoot of a hand taking something out of a box or something right. that that sort of broke the illusion of all of this being reality television. It was something that was quite obviously refilmed after mm. the fact. So, yeah. One such uh, country that has picked up the format is the Netherlands, mm-hmm. nearby to Belgium. Yeah. 
who would have figured? The Netherlands, who've been running the format for uh, over 20 years at this point. Uh-huh. And the recap music, because uh, you can license whatever music you yeah. want. Yep. You can just do that. And it's public television, so they've got a bunch of licenses already. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Siege of the Robots on Vicky uh-huh. is uh, the recap music. Right. At the start of every episode. <laughs> did, did you immediately recognise, hang on, this is? Uh, or or did on, it take you a moment? Only, why Why do I know this? Has it been used in a bunch of YouTube videos? No. No. But it is in something that I have watched a lot of on YouTube, which is fan-subtitled versions of the Dutch version of the mole. Cool. Uh, v is the mole. V. Um, But that's not the topic that I wanted to get to. No, so you're going to have the ultimate topic. So Asimov, Isaac Asimov, (laughs) uh, came up with these uh, three laws of robotics. He partially credits John W. Campbell, but John W. Campbell was a racist and a bigot and had weird support for slavery. So we're we're not going to assign any credit to that man. Okay, we won't. No, I just want to put that out there. Okay. Uh, Asimov came up with the three laws of robotics. Can't harm humans, or through inaction allow humans to be harmed. Uh, Must obey orders, as long as that doesn't conflict. And must protect oneself, as long as as that doesn't conflict. And uh, he has a bunch of short stories that go into the various implications of these laws. Uh, the very first uh, story that uh, came out, uh, Runaround, is actually a slight corruption of those laws to place a little more emphasis on the saving oneself. Right. Uh, with potentially disastrous consequences for the operators of this robot uh, who are on Mercury and need the robot to go get something that they can't get to, and the wording is vague enough that the robot just spins around in place because it doesn't want to go near the thing they want right. to get. Because <laughs> it's very dangerous over there, and the robot's probably not going to make it out. And furthermore, Asimov later introduces a zero flaw, which is uh, to not harm humanity or allow humanity to come to harm, which is sort of what the conclusion that Vicky has come to here all on her own. Whether the free laws of robotics should have allowed Vicky to come to that conclusion? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. But it is what it is. It is. I do recall when this came out the Asimov faithful absolutely rubbishing this film because other than those three laws, it really had absolutely nothing to do with... And the title. Yes, and the title. Uh, Nothing to do with the title. No. (laughs) It's got robots in it and it's got those laws and that's where the similarities end as far as uh, Asimov's fans are concerned. I still think it's a solid enough movie. I, I I did enjoy it, but even though I'm loathe to the idea of remakes to a, a great extent, 
this is begging for a remake, I think, <laughs> with possibly a more robust actor and with the special effects of today. And a script. And a script. They <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't have a problem with the script. If I, I, I am not a Asimov fanboy, mm. so I, I don't have that that passion and i fully respect those who are and felt completely ripped off by hey this isn't asimov i think most of the plot beats i'm okay with yeah the robot arm aside and the coming to the zero floor aside it's the details that need rejigging if I agreed with you that it was begging for a remake, which I don't, I don't think it is. Oh, I, when I say that, uh, did, did I say begging? You did. Oh, how bad! When I say begging, there's there's plenty more uh, original ideas. I say in quotation marks that really should be done well before anyone thinks about remaking this. I think it's more a feeling of if only they had the technology now that all all of that composition work could have just looked so much better Mm -hmm. you got nothing else no i've got nothing else either so we'll move on the following segment is sitting on my head please get off my head ento osferatu hi ento osferatu would like to clarify right (laughs) That he said that Popeye was strange <laughs> and surprisingly Disney involved and should be dis- experienced, but not that it was good. And that he likes it, but it's not for everyone. I, I would like to say that it does not have to be experienced. <laughs> and it is not for everyone. <laughs> that, that much I will agree with. Um, oh. He also... Mm-hmm. Puts in a file name guess. Ah, does he just? Which is wrong. <laughs> oh, sorry, into Osferatu. You, uh, the, the, you the, are the file wrong. name is not zombie in all caps. Oh, that would have been a good one, though. That uh, makes sense. All right, so that's, that's all there is. There isn't any more. <laughs> there isn't any more. So into uh, Osferatu, it wasn't zombie. It should have been, but it was in fact S H N D E D. Shun dead. <laughs> and speaking of Shaun of the Dead. Yes. Pick a film for next week. So we can go to bed. It's your turn. It is my turn. So last week we watched Shaun of the Dead. We did. I remember it well. Good. It was only a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, even as I was saying I remember it well, I'm thinking, how well do I remember it? Uh, Yes. So, Shaun of the Dead was the first film in the loosely labelled Free Flavors Cornetto trilogy. Mm-hmm. What flavour was that? Uh, that was strawberry. Strawberry, right. Next week, we turn to Classico, the blue variety uh-huh. yes. of uh, Cornetto, which brings us to... Hang on, before we go any further, I'm not sure are Cornettos a thing in the US... No, no, apparently right. it required some explanation. <laughs> right, but this is why I bring this up, in that we do have some dear listeners who are not in the UK or Australia. It's a packaged ice cream cone with ice cream in it and a variety of toppings. So a foil-backed thin cardboard wrap mm-hmm. around a cone, a mass 
produced cone filled with mm-hmm. ice cream with layers. Lined with chocolate yes. as well? Yes, yeah. and then there's a lid on top of that and you just peel it off and eat it like an ice cream cone. And then Nestle has drumsticks, which are almost almost exactly the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah so then the... The blue Cornetto is the traditional, original ice cream and chocolate coating. Vanilla ice cream, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. So, we're watching vanilla. Yeah. Right. Plain, uh, well, plain vanilla. Well, we're watching blue. And and the reason that it's blue, and I think they did actually have somewhat of a reasoning for each of the colours of them. So, right. So, the reason that it's blue and classico ah. is uh, the... Next week, we are watching Hot Fuzz. The Men in Blue. Mm. Whereas last week was Strawberry, which is Red, Blood, mm. Zombies. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Hot Fuzz. So, it's another... <laughs> spoiler alert. All of these are relationship comedies. Uh-huh. They're all relationship comedies, and they're all genre comedies. And the genre of this one is a police comedy. As opposed to Police Academy comedy. Mm. Which, Which it is, isn't. No. 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 Would you please tell our dear listener what the plot synopsis of Hot Fuzz is? When top London cop PC Nicholas Angel is reassigned to the quiet town of Sandford, he struggles with his seemingly crime-free world and oafish partner Danny. When several grisly accidents rock the village... It's not long before Danny's dreams of explosive, high-octane char-casing. Char-casing. Yes. It's not long before Danny's dreams of explosive, high-octane, car-chasing, gunfighting, all-out action become reality. It's time for these small-town cops to hand out big city justice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So... How many actors are carried over? Uh, Let me pull up the Wikipedia article for the Free Flavors Cornetto Trilogy, which has a lovely table that lays out who is shared between the various films. Spoiler alert, the third film has crossover from both this and Shaun of the Dead, but Hot Fuzz only has minimal crossover. I say minimal. It's Eight actors. <laughs> Only eight actors. Uh, we we are copying over Simon Pegg, yep. Nick Frost, Julia Deacon, who was sort of a very minor character in Shaun of the Dead, uh, Martin Freeman, also a very minor character in Shaun of the Dead, Bill Nye, Rafe Spall, Patricia Franklin, and Garth Jennings, who played a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, good. It's one of my favourite roles when I play a zombie in Shaun of the Dead. Uh, All of those, also in the third film in the trilogy, as well as... We'll get to that. We'll get get to that. that. We are, next week, watching Hot Fuzz. Mm -hmm. We hope that you can join us when we do so. But until then, we'll catch you next time. Bye. You have been listening to Cellulose Free. Your hosts were Colin, who produces and edits the show, and Thomas, who makes the artwork and music. Cellulose Free is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. 
We keep track of our extensive physical media collection through My Movies, which we highly recommend. You can find links to that, as well as other places you can find us in the show notes. Cellulose Free is a High Hello production. Oh, I, I, I went very waffly at the end there. Waffle, waffle. Oh dear. Oh dear. 53 minutes and 55 seconds. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Sheesh. That's all good. Yeah. Th- th- this one, definitely my fault. <laughs> yeah, I'll hold you responsible for me slaving over hot edit suite tomorrow. <laughs> Bum 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 b